cheaper, baby. Get wait a minute, wait a minute. This, wait, wait. This is a Christian show. It's so much that are going on in the church now to where now it's starting to look like a TEDx church. Yeah. My God. My God. Who is the CFO of the house? I am. Right. Oh, <laughs> Well, the green, this is interesting. Um, oh, Kelsey, you're on our side. I, I hate to have to go with the women on this. Because I ride with the fellas, but I don't know, Chris, I don't know if I can coach them. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Corey Costello. Welcome back to another episode of Insight. And I just want to welcome everyone in. Please come on in. Please come on in. Please like, share, and subscribe. And yes, we just want to bless the Lord for another opportunity to get his insight on the things that we're going to talk about tonight. Yes, we thank God for his goodness. We thank God for getting us all together. And without further ado, let's get into it. So we want to talk about the subject of giving. Giving can be, I guess, defined in one of many different ways and can be appropriated in one of different, many different ways. Uh, you can give of your money, you can give of your time, you can give your thought, you can give of your attention, you can give one of several different things. But we want to look at giving uh, maybe perhaps from a different standpoint uh, relative to the things that we're going to talk about. And so when we think about this term giving, how can giving play out in today's uh, lifetime? How can giving play out in so many words in the life that we live right now in 2022? And so with that, we want to take a story, take a very, very brief look and a brief story at uh, a passage of scripture out of Luke chapter 21. The, the key passage for today is Luke chapter 21 and it's verses one through four. And so there you will find these words. Uh, Luke chapter 21, verses one through four, and you hear it like this. Verse number one, as Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. Verse number two, he also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Number three, verse number three, truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. Verse number four, all these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. The highlight that I want to pull out of that is verse number three. It says, truly, I tell you, Jesus says, truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. And so when you think about giving and when you think about this passage, yes, the passage definitely is going to suggest giving of money or giving of a tithe or giving of an offering or something monetary relative to that part of your worship and part of the worship of that person. But when you look at, uh, I guess, the, the just kind of generic basic uh, setup of the scripture or the comparison, you have the rich and you have the poor, you have the wealthy, you have the 
impoverished or impoverished. And so with that being said, um, the rich will come and they will give and the uh, poor, they will come and they will give as well. But Jesus, he uses very interesting words when he's laying out this analogy of giving and the analogy of giving your all. He said that verse number one, that he saw the rich putting in their gifts in the temple treasury. But then he says in verse number four, Jesus does that all these people, the rich people, they gave their gift out of wealth. But she she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. When you think about it, as you really look at the context of the scripture or really the confines of the scripture, nonetheless, the poor widow woman, the widow woman, she had two copper coins. <laughs> and we know that when you think about coins and when you think about copper, uh, even in American currency, you can understand that copper coins are something that can be equivalent to the American penny which is one cent. This scripture passage said that the poor widow woman or the poor widow yet, she gave two cents. All she had to give was two cents. And with her two cents, she gave her two cents to the temple treasury, to her offering, to her church, to her ministry, uh, excuse me, to the ministry she was a part of nonetheless. And that was all she had. So I guess from millionaires and maybe billionaires and maybe thousandaires or whatever other wealthy status there are in comparison, what Jesus is saying is that she gave all that she had and verbatim, the scripture says that this poor widow has put in more than the others, more than the others. What do we learn about this poor widow? Giving is a matter of the heart, okay? Giving is not only a matter of the heart, but it demonstrates the component of your faith in God, okay? Next, giving is certainly a factor of your obedience and submission to God. Giving is certainly a factor of obedience and submission to God. Half-hearted offerings are not recognized by the Lord, uh, God honors your sacrifice when you give in faith and God honors your sacrifice when you give from the heart wholeheartedly. The poor widow, she has no identity, which really means that this applies to any of us. And generally speaking, when you see someone who does something and when you see really a woman or a female in the New Testament scriptures or in scripture altogether, we see a female with no name, then the female could be symbolized as the body of Christ, which is equally the bride of Christ. What we learn is that the rich they gave, and they gave just to give. They gave the analogy or the, the connotation is really just with no thought. They gave with no understanding. They gave with no care. They just gave just to really be giving, whether it was the right amount or the not right amount. But the poor woman and the widow woman, she gave and she gave out of her heart and she gave in faith. Now, granted, in Malachi chapter three, Malachi says to bring your tithes into the storehouse and the Lord will open up a window of heaven and the window of heaven and he will pour out a blessing that you have not room enough to receive. And the next verse, I believe that was verse 10, but verse 11 says that he will rebuke the devourer. 
And so there are promises when we give. There are promises when we are obedient. And there's an expectation, you know, even relative to that scripture, because uh, God says to try him to try him in so many words, to see those things will not come to pass. And so I'm saying that, yes, she gave and she gave her all, but she gave her all because she was submitted to the Lord. She was, she gave from her heart. She gave all she had. So why is that important? Uh, We're going to discuss why this is important and why that is important in this day. How else could we give to God? So, yeah, we talked about just now the widow woman giving her two cents to God. (laughs) That could be a play on words in the sense of a a person's opinion. But she literally had two copper coins. That's what the scripture says. But how else can we give to God? And uh, when we think about how else we can give to God, we can first start by giving him ourselves and our lives. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Paul writes it like this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Let me say that again. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Verse number two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, his perfect will, which is his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will for you. What does that simply mean? That means that this is the removal of your own will and submission to God's will. This means that uh, this will be a debt to the cares of the world in obedience to the word of God. This means that your body is given to God for his own using and your spirit and your soul lives in your body. Therefore, all of you, which is the total you and the total man, which is yourself, is given to God as a sacrificial offering. Here's another little, uh, I guess, dive into the word worship. It says uh, that this is your true and proper worship. Well, when you think about worship, what is worship? What does worship mean? Well, worship means an expression of reverence and adoration to the Lord. Reverence and adoration to the Lord. When you think of this word worship in scripture, it's a compound word that is called proskuneo, proskuneo. The pros is to draw near to, or excuse me, to to come towards, draw near to, and the cuneo is a kiss. So you come together with the kiss, or you come together to kiss. It gives the connotation when you research this word in the original Greek language that a dog comes under the master's hand and the dog comes to the master hand, master's hand to lick the hand. It's a form of laying yourself down and laying yourself 
under someone in the sense of the dog to the master. Uh, this is likely the most used word, proskuneo, in the New Testament when you talk about the word worship. And it, it also gives the understanding of, as well as part of the definition, of having great or high honor, or great or high respect, great or high reverence, again. Uh, it also lets you praise or gives you the understanding of what praise is like when you when you praise and praise audibly with the actions of your body you've heard the saying before and the actions speak louder than words and so even the worship that you give to the lord and the things that you do for god will speak louder than any verbal word that you can say because the lifestyle that you live is a lifestyle of laying your life down to the Lord and laying your life down for the Lord. Um, and all of this is equal to glory. They're all one and the same. So when you say worship, you're saying praise. And when you're saying praise, you're saying glory. And when you're saying glory, you're saying blessing. And to bless, all of this means worship. And so when we talk about giving and giving our bodies and giving ourselves to God and giving our, our lives as a living sacrifice, that means that anything that we think and anything that we do and anything, or excuse me, rather that we, not only we do, but the things that uh, we might want to do in comparison to the will of God, it's a, it's a thing or it's a, a mode of the heart that lets us lay ourselves down. Now, remember, we're talking about giving and we're giving for a purpose. There is a purpose and a reason why. The next thing we can give as we talk about giving ourselves, and this will be, this is a form of worship. This is our true and proper worship as we give ourselves. The next thing we can do is we can give the Lord our hearts. We can give him our hearts. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, Jesus replied just like this. In verse 37, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Verse 38, this is the first and greatest commandment. Verse 39, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Number 40, all of the laws and prophets hang on these two commandments. This is important because what and who you love, you pay very, very close attention to. What and who you love, uh, you value and esteem the most. What and who you love consumes your heart. What and who you love consumes your time. What and who you love influences you and really steers your decisions because what and who you love, it really matters to you the most. It really matters to you the most. Um, why is this story uh, so relevant in today's time in March 2022? Why is this story so relevant? Why are we talking about this? Um, what do we learn from this and how do we appropriate and incorporate this story today? Well, to be genuine means to be sincere. And to be sincere, it means to be serious. And when you are serious about anything, you are very careful on how you conduct and manage things. You're very careful on how you conduct and manage yourself. 
the things around you, the people around you, and even more, the will of God concerning you. Um, when you talk about giving your life to the Lord and when you talk about giving your heart to God, again, the scripture says to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. In other words, you're loving the Lord with everything you got. You're giving yourself to the Lord with everything you got. You're submitting yourself to the Lord with everything you got and nothing else matters because your heart is given to the Lord. Because your soul, your spirit, your mind is given to the Lord. And as you are given to the Lord, then you are his. And in turn, he is yours. Therein you become unified. The woman at the temple, or let me just say the uh, the widow woman that we just read about. The widow woman brought her very last. And she bought all that she had. Because God wasn't impressed with the money. In as much as he was looking at the heart. Remember in 1 Samuel, man looks at the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart. What was so compelling about the woman's heart? Well, the woman's heart was given to the Lord. The woman's heart was sold out for God. This woman was so moved. Maybe she probably thought that is only two cents. What's the worst that can happen? Maybe she probably thought that this is something that's going to honor God. So I give him my all. Very quickly, Cain and Abel, they brought sacrifices to the Lord. Cain, he had a uh, sacrifice and his sacrifice was praised or respected or it was esteemed higher than Abel, or excuse me, Abel's sacrifice, if I didn't say it already, Abel's sacrifice was esteemed and respected and it was honored more than Cain's sacrifice. Cain and Abel, their sacrifice gives a connotation and an understanding that your first fruit and your very best and the best that you can give is what you give to God. On Abel's side, on Cain's side, it's something that is just done, just to be done, not really putting too much heart into it. <laughs> and so when you think about putting your heart into something, and when you think about giving the very best that you can for the Lord, then that not only just honors God, but it shows the Lord himself, as well as those around you, what you think, how you feel, and what's most important to you based upon your giving. When you give with your heart, your mind, your body, your soul, when you give your life, your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which proves what his good and his perfect and his will is, his good and his pleasing and perfect will for you, then what that becomes is that becomes a tool of witnessing and witnessing to others how to please the Lord. Now, remember, she gave her all. She gave her best and she gave from her heart. And so it's not really about the reward that will come because it will there, there will be a reward. And I'm pretty sure that there are probably perhaps in that day was a reward because we just talked about before that when you bring your tithes into the storehouse, then the Lord will open up the window of heaven, heaven and he will pour out a blessing that you have not room enough to receive. Okay, so that 
is a promise. And we don't give to get the promise. We don't give to uh, receive something in return. We're giving because, again, what and who you love the most, you'll pay close attention to, very close attention to. What and who you love the most, uh, you value and esteem the most. What and who you love the most consumes your heart and your time. And once and who you love the most, it influences you and it steers your decision making. So I'm not giving to the Lord just to get something back in return. I'm giving to the Lord because I love him with all my heart, all my mind and all my soul. I'm giving myself to the Lord, not so I could just do something and just be something and just have my own reputation and any other earthen or carnal or human thing. I'm giving myself to the Lord because I want him to be glorified. I want him to be honored. I want him to be lifted up. I want people to see him when they look at me. That's why I'm giving myself to the Lord. So if you are Again, sincere. Sincere means to be genuine and genuine means to be sincere. But genuine and sincere means to be serious. And when you are serious about anything, that means you're very careful about how you conduct and manage things concerning you. From that, we need to be serious in our walk with the Lord, because now we know that the clock is ticking and that the end is almost here. When you look at Luke chapter 21, a few verses down, you hear Jesus write as well as speak in verses 9 through 11. And Jesus says it just like this. When you hear wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Verse 10. Then he said to them, nations will rise against nations and kingdom against kingdom. Verse 11, there will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilences in various, various places, and fearful events, and great signs from heaven. This is imperatively important because these are the times that we're living in right now today in March 2022. Giving scraps to the Lord is very damaging to our walk, Giving leftovers to the Lord is very concerning for our walk. Giving second best and next to nothing to the Lord really tells off on really what and who we love the most. And because we're living in these last days, we don't want to be and need to be. We don't want to uh, be on the wrong side of our giving, but we want to be intentional about our giving to the Lord of our heart and nothing less. Ladies and gentlemen, when Jesus prophesies what's happening in the last days to know that we are in the last days, again, he says that there will be wars and there will be uprisings, but not to be frightened. He says uh, these things must first happen, but the end is not going to happen like time is not going to fold up and close. We talked about this in an uh, extended measure last year in September in 2021. But when we look at the news and when we look at what's going on and when we look at the world around us, these are again 
prophetic revelations as well as prophetic manifestations of what Jesus said over 2,000 years ago. So, when we look at these things and we see, again, not only the wars and rumors of war, the wars and commotions placed here in Luke chapter 21, I think I believe this is verse 9. He also says the nation will rise against nation or kingdom against kingdom and kingdom against kingdom. Excuse me. And then he also says that there will be earthquakes. There will be famines. There will be pestilences. And these are all signs that were in the last days. These are all signs that the time is drawing near. And these are all signs that these are the things equally that Jesus prophesied, not only in Luke 22, but prevalent and relevant in our current present day, March 2022. When you think of a famine, yes, a famine is a lack of food. But when you topically broaden the scope, a famine is just simply a shortage. When you think about shortages, there are shortages of money going to many families, shortage of people, uh, you know, having the resources that they need for survival, shortage of medical uh, resources and vaccines and all those other things that are in the world that we know. There are shortages of all sorts and all types, including food. And so when you think about not just the earthquakes only, but when you think about pestilences, a pestilence is something that causes sickness or illness. A pestilence is a sickness and or an illness. And so when you think about the world and the land that we live in, we come to understand that COVID is a worldwide illness. It's a worldwide infirmity. It's a worldwide pestilence. And this is something to let us know what time we're living in. And then as we already know, in the Middle East, right across the Atlantic, there is this prophetic manifestation of wars and rumors of wars. So what does that mean for you? And what does that mean for me? Simply this. Yes, please do give your tithes to the Lord. Please do bring your tithes and your offerings to your local church. Please do tithe and offer. Give your monetary offering to the ministry that you're a part of. Please do that. This is biblical, Old Testament and New, and this is the will of God. Now, along with that, Give yourself to God. Give your life to God. Give your whole heart to God. Because in giving yourself, you are positioning yourself not only to be saved and not only to be preserved, but you are giving yourself to be positioned to be used by God to be blessed by God, and to be put in a position of good ministry, good effective witness, and good just blessedness of the, the power of God being used through you. 
God can't give you what he wants to give you unless he has you with all your heart. And when you give God all of your heart and when you give God your entire life and when you present yourself as a living sacrifice, which really means that you decrease and that God increase and that you lower yourself, that God may use you in the way that he wants to use you in this last day and in this last time, in these last days, in this last portion of time that we're living. Ladies and gentlemen, we're very soon to very likely see the Lord return. All of the signs, most of the signs definitely, are pointing to the return of Jesus Christ. And with that, and because of that, the best positioning that we can be, again, for the will of God to be put on display, for the blessings of God to be released to us, for the safety of God, so that we are as best as possibly kept from the enemy and his attacks, is to give our whole selves, give our total lives, give all of our heart unto the Lord and to love him and pursue him with everything we have. It's not gonna get any better out there, but in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. We are in the palm of God's hand and no one can pluck him out. And the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run in and are safe. God wants you. God wants your heart. God wants your life. God wants your body. God wants your will. And God wants you and he wants you to want him back. We should want God because God desires us. He wants covenant with us. He wants relationship with us. And he wants to be, he wants us to be in the perfect will that he has for us. Again, this says to not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will his complete will, his whole will, and nothing lacking because this is the time that we live in. The time is drawing up and we need to get in position so that whatever may come, there's nothing that will keep us out of the will of God. Hence, we give ourselves, we give our lives, and we give our whole hearts. So, guys, we thank you for joining in for another episode and edition of Insight. I am your host, Corey Costello. We love you guys, and we thank you for tuning in with us. So join us next week. We're going to have a powerful and explosive show. I believe it's Convos with the Costello. We're Costellos. We're back again for another round in Relationship Talk, and we cannot wait to see you there. We love you guys, and God bless. energy through a telegram. I mean, what are you doing with this energy?
But you said you're going to see me. I don't want that energy. <sighs> Y'all, I just wanted to stay out of our stuff. <laughs> Uh, that's not what he was, was pointing at you. I'm pretty sure we all on one. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> there are dangers if we don't honor the word of God.